What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Howdy, howdy. We are live for another episode of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. It's 4th of July here at Big Wheel Coaching Headquarters. Uh, we've got some fireworks going on in the background. We've got a scared dog here. And, but most importantly, we are joined by Joy McCulloch, the Big Wheel herself. Joy, we're going to talk some training tonight, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we like to celebrate all holidays here um, <laughs> very, very uh, actively. And you can probably hear the fireworks. The the locals uh, take this holiday quite seriously. But the main, I think, the main bonus here is Baby Seamus has been sound asleep for almost two hours, uh, not a care in the world. And so we we said, hey, let's let's take advantage of that and let's put together a cool podcast for our listeners. Awesome, awesome. A lot of our athletes this time of year, people are going on business trips, people are going on vacation, they're traveling. Some people, you know, it's summertime. You've got summer vacation going on, or You've got some events that you've got going on and you're trying to blend both vacation and an event, this, that, the other. And so the, the point is that there's travel and travel oftentimes, even whether it's vacation or business travel, it just causes some stress because you're out of your routine and, and it's just always a little bit more complicated than it is uh, to just click through and get some, you know, some airline tickets and say, hey, we're going to the mountains. It's always a little more complex. So we, we did a bit of research here trying to kind of find something that really emulated all the tips that we've acquired over the years from coaching folks and some of their great ideas through that we've heard and, and then that we've come up with and that we've used in our training and travels. And now obviously kind of with, with Seamus and, and how that has changed how we train and travel as well. So really today we were hoping to, we've got a great article here. And um, it's how to stay fit during business travel. Really simple. And the reason why we, we chose business travel is because it's it seems to me, and, and I know that you agree, Joy, but really when people are on business travel, they're the, the outlier. They're the outlier. They're the ones that are trying to maintain their fitness, keep, you know, maybe they're building towards a an event of some kind. And maybe that is outside of their control in the sense that you got to go on this business travel and it's not in the optimal time as it relates to your training. But guess what? You know, that's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, the company says you're going to go. Well, guess what? You're going to go. So that's that's why we really wanted to emphasize this in business travel. But for everyone at home, just know that take some of these these tips for your next vacation, because you're time crunched there too. It's not as if you get to just go and do whatever you want to do unless you're traveling without kids or you're, you're traveling without a spouse, right? Like if you're even on, if you're on a trip with your spouse, you know, they want to spend time with you, right? It's not like they don't want to see you in the gym and out riding or doing whatever. So I think it's pretty exciting, right, Joy? Yeah, no, I think there's, um, there's a lot of different ways we can look at this and implement it, you know, for our athletes, because as you said, we've got Traveling is going to happen, whether it be for vacations, where whether it's going to be there's there's very few times when it's like this utopian all about, you know, all about me and my needs. And, you know, the the nature of of 
of being a social human is that we're going to be traveling and doing things with people. And what I've even found is, you know, a lot of times, even when we go to coaching certifications that, you know, that, um, we always have these really grandiose expectations that, Hey, I'm going to go to training peaks university. I'm going to totally ride for two hours in the evening. You know, when we went there before we even without Seamus, that was not an option, you know, looking like, Holy cow, like we legit are, I'm, I'm smoked. Like I've been in, in meetings all day and, and really learning to respect the, the cognitive toll that travel, um, meetings and work and, and just what, what entails a, in a business trip will take on our athletes and really helping set the stage for them so that we can help manage their expectations prior to travel. Um, again, you know, when I, when I go and I teach for USA cycling, the coaching certifications, many of the coaches even arrive think, you know, with these expectations of I'm going to, I'm going to have this very rigid, training opportunity or I can, I can do all of these things in reality. We have to really pare that down and make it much more manageable. And I think that our main goal, Brian, is that when our athletes go, um, to these events, to these, to these business trips, where, which are going to happen. And, um, um, and you can even say like an extended family trip, maybe you have to go visit, you know, my mother got her hip replaced a couple of years ago and you know, you went up there and then I went up there. And so it, it might not just be for business, but now maybe you have families calling, you have to like step in and help. But my main goal when it, when we have an athlete that goes into one of those scenarios is to really set them up for success. And, um, this article was great because it's looking at the nutritional aspect, um, as well as the travel, whether, you know, in this, this article focuses on airport, but you know, we could throw in there, you know, car, you know, looking at different ways that we have to get places and how you can maintain that fitness. Um, and then it looks at the resources that maybe you have in a hotel and you, know, you can also translate that into grandma's house. You know, grandma's house might not have all of the, the neat gadgets and things you need, but you can still do some sort of workout that, you know, I kind of look at these workouts at, as more for the brain than for, I'm not going to be raising my my FTP or my, you know, I want to keep my fitness sharp, but I also, it's having that kind of release and a little bit of endorphins that our athletes have become very accustomed to. And so like, oh, they can feel a little bit better about themselves that they haven't gone off the rails completely. That's fine. I think the first thing, if we've got to set the table, Joy, is we want everyone to think that at least when I'm looking at it as a coach, usually the, the bit of advice I give to all my athletes is, Guys, gals, I want you to come back from your vacation or from your business trip and be as as quickly as possible, be able to resume your training. So most often it happens where our athletes, they travel and the thought is, well, how can I maintain my fitness? The emphasis becomes, how can I maintain my fitness while I'm gone? And in fact, I look at it differently. I'm okay if athletes lose fitness. That's, that's, that's actually baked in the cake because if you're going to London for seven days, you're not, and you don't have access to your bike, you're going to lose fitness. It's just part of the, it's part of the deal, right? And some of that is built into the training plan. That's part of good coaching. We always factor those things in. But what I really want for people is to relieve themselves of that pressure that they have to quote unquote gain fitness while they're there. I want their workouts on holiday or in uh, on a business trip to be more focused on stress relief and also 
maybe we can attack some things that are more fun kind of cross-training kind of things without going overboard and causing injury. But what I think it's really important is to just think the most important thing for anyone who's got business travel or personal travel, the most important thing is being able to resume your regular training regimen as quickly as possible when you get back. What does that mean, right? To me, that means we have to prioritize sleep because, again, you know, I've coached multiple people that end up going to Chicago in the dead of winter, right? And they've got things to do and they're going to do, you know, they've got 12-hour workdays ahead of them. It's very easy to not prioritize food properly, right, and, and, and nutrition, more aptly put. And it's easy to not prioritize hydration nor prioritize sleep and rest. And so somehow I'm saying, yo, you were going to prioritize fitness in there and you're going to then now magically gain fitness on your bicycle? Not likely. So what I really think for folks is we want to prioritize the things to make sure you're not depleted when you come back. By depleted, I mean you're not exhausted and you're not, uh, you know, been eating McDonald's 14 times a day for the last, you know, or eating buffets for for the last 14 days and you just feel lethargic when you get home. I want people to get home and feeling strong, feeling like, okay, I'm going to just blow out the travel, get right back into my routine, you know, deal with whatever jet lag is there a couple of days, bada bing, bada boom. We're kind of right back into it. I mean, what, what do you think of that joy? Does that sound crazy or does that sound like on track? What do you think? Well, yeah, and I, I think too, it's, it's helping um, ease the, the mental stress of, of being away from their, their intervals and their workouts and help them avoid the the urge to go get a one day pass to orange theory and blow themselves up. Um, you know, so they could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go do this fitness thing. You know, I'm, I'm fit. I'm an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strong and then go move in some completely different planes and, and all of a sudden come back. Like you said, now I'm going to have to take three rest days, you know, and just kind of, how do we not, not go off the rails? Um, and, over overdo it so i think you know looking here at the article um again we remember we said that it's it's focused on business travel and what it's called it says how to stay fit while traveling for business and it's in um it's it's fit at midlife.com says be fit and healthy at age 40 and beyond how to and support which is awesome i mean i'm going to be 40 to end of you know in september and a huge chunk of our athletes are 40 plus and so i think this is really applicable and i think it could like Literally, I'd use this for the kids I coach in, in high school. Um, but, you know, I think as it starts, and you, you kind of spoke about the, the buffet option. You know, if you go to conferences, a lot of times, you know, lunches are going to be rolled out as a buffet. Um, and, and how the, the author looks here is like kind of stay on track and looking at, at how to, you know, kind of looking at, um, I recently was at a conference and it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, there was out, you know, you have your, your lunch breakout and you have your meal and, and then they bring kind of the leftovers, specifically like if there's uh, white bread rolls or they brought a tray of cake pops <laughs> that were like literally sitting over by like the, you know, coffee that was made at 8 a.m. And you're like, oh, should I eat those? You know, how many of the, you know, yes. there's many there's, <laughs> there's like, should I have one of each color? I don't know if I squish them together. What is, is it still as delicious? So, you know, and you have a lot of things. If you look at this buffet none of these things I have at home, like I look at, you know, there's like cookies, there's brownies, you know, there's, um, you know, pastas and, and white sauce, you know, stuff that I, I legitimately don't even know how to make. And that's 
you know, just because I lack of trying probably, but, um, you you will have kind of that urge again, like, I just want to try this. I want to, you know, give this a go. And and I think, you know, maybe, you know, let's, let's go, a cake pop's not going to kill you because it's really big, as big as a like eyeball. But, you know, looking at, I, I don't need to add a bunch of bread rolls. This is way outside of my norm, you know? So, so there's easy ways to minimize overindulging, you know, load that plate with, with, if there's steamed broccoli, you know, there's a steamed vegetable, um, if there's a, a big salad, um, you know, use that kind of the base and then kind of build up from there. Um, um, and it says too, you know, looking if you're thirsty, you know, drink the water, the tea, the coffee, which I'm like, you know, again, it's like, well, you know, this, this coffee has been here since 8 a.m. And so, you know, <laughs> the chances are of adding a bunch of stuff to it is high as well. Um, but, you know, it had, it also looks at, you know, there's a lot of, if you're in a hotel situation, apples and bananas, um, something you can just kind of grab in the lobby. They're not plastic, you know, that you kind of look like, is that real fruit? It kind of looks overly polished, like grab those, put them in your bag and you can use them, them later. And then just learning how to, uh, like decipher a menu. And I think, uh, we're obviously we live in California and California is very, um, aware of all different types of eating. You know, now we can go to restaurants and the, the menu, there's, there's vegan, there's gluten-free, there's, you know, pescatarian. And so that it already kind of caters towards finding a really, uh, maybe more healthy and clean option. But I just traveled to Pennsylvania and it's a much different vibe when you're looking at a menu. So maybe helping your clients or helping our athletes say, Hey, this is, this is a really easy way to find, you know, a lean cut of meat and a vegetable. Like I'll, for me personally, a lot of times I'll go to the sides. So I'll look at the menu, like what are the sides? It's like, a, you know, it's a side, a side of steamed vegetables or a side of a baked potato. Um, and then, you know, say like kind of mix and match things and you're going to end up with a more clean meal um, than, than if you just ordered something directly off the menu. So you're not a fan of Neapolitan cake pops? I never said that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I said you can eat one cake pop. And here's the thing, too. Like, when you look at this, like, I'm at a one-day conference convention. Like, I, I think the moderation, too, is like, hey, there's you're going to come into times. I would much rather have calories because, Brian, don't you can nod your head because we can't hear you. But if I skip a meal because I'm looking for some cleaner option, that's going to derail a whole day for a bunch of us. Right. Hangry does not look good on you, dear. Hangry does (laughs) not look good on you. Hangry is not a good color for me. So and and think it too, if you're sitting in a conference, right, you actually you need calories to be cognitively sound. Right. And so you don't get too hung up on like, that's not clean. That's not clean. And so what I've kind of come come down to, like maybe if there's a, a, um, a clean bar option that you feel comfortable eating um, in the middle of the day, right? Take those with you. Pack them on your in your, your carry-on bag. Or, you know, I've taken uh, powdered drinks. So when I was pregnant with Seamus, like sometimes it was really hard to find when I was at a, a conference or something, food that really kind of sit well with me. And so I would take, um, you know, a powdered drink mix, whether it's like the Vega, um not just the protein, but it's kind of like a, a complete meal option. Um, and you, you can just add water, shake it and pound it. And so like, I didn't have the stomach to sit there and eat 
a meal, it would take me like an hour and a half. But I'm like, Hey, I'm going to pound this It's 230 calories. I need it. Boom, go. And so kind of looking away from the meals as this is something I'm going to sit down and enjoy. It's like, no, I'm going to consume these nutrient dense calories for that. Make sure my brain is functioning well as you're in these important meetings and that you're staying on track with your nutrient intake um, and not overindulging, but also not going without. I love that. I love that. That's, that's important to just transcend for everyone at home to think, Hey, we still, you're an athlete. There's a reason we re- at big wheel coaching, we refer to you as an athlete. And just because you're at a conference, just because you're traveling, just because you're on vacation, doesn't mean you're not an athlete. We're not saying that you need to be ultra rigid. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is we want people to be sensible right? And make the best, most sensible option you can. So if you're in front of the buffet, okay, maybe we grab the smaller plate. And I can say that because I always grab the big plate and that's a problem. I'm working on that. I'm just being honest. So the reality though, is we want folks to do their, make it as normal as they can, as far as their eating habits, right? That's going to help people a have a better time, right? And B uh, you're going to feel better. I had a swan year once, uh, you know, I've obviously been raising for Elevate KHS Pro Cycling for a number of years. And, and I had a swan year once that, that she said the most important things for her were to stay regular, right? To have her bowel movements and to drink lots of water, right? So she would always bring tea that allowed her to take care of her business. And although that's not a really kosher thing to be talking about amongst people and this, that, the other, we all know everyone listening to this has traveled and known that like, it's just not good to be on your, off of your regular schedule. So help yourself by getting some tea or doing some things like that, that keep eating high fiber foods will help you stay and feel more normal. If you feel more normal, you're more apt to have a good workout on your business travel, regardless of what that workout is, whether that's cross training, whether that's swimming, running, etc. Right. We're going to get yeah. into a little bit more of the workouts per se. But what we're talking about now is, you know, again, we've dealt with a lot of the backside issues where, like I said, my main perspective is I want people to come home feeling good. Part of feeling good is not getting crazy on the food train when you're gone. Okay. And part of that really is just so that you can feel well while you're there so that you can get any sort of workout in that you have time for. And again, we have people traveling all the time with big wheel coaching, I mean, whether that's international travel, London, China, you know, Australia, et cetera. But the challenge there is it's not always the same, uh, uh, you know, there's so much to it in the sense of how many time zones are you crossing? What's the food like where you're coming from and you're used to where you're going and what, what that's like? How do you like that? How do you not this, that, the other? So I don't want to get too honed in on these things. But what, what we'd like to see is for folks that keep it as normal as possible. For me, I'm pretty plain. And obviously, I've, you know, more like when we've traveled to the tour of Taiwan or when we've gone to um, Canada or wherever we go, you know, go to race, it's like, man, I just like to have a couple of backup plans, right? Like I know a certain, you know, energy bar that I like and I'll just pack a box of them in my bag, take one every day with me, um, in my backpack so that I always have like backup 250 calories that I can just be like, cool, I'm not going to, you know, have to get into a bad situation and then be like, Oh, 
how about those Neapolitan cake pops again? Because I'll take 16 of them. And that's usually how, <laughs> how when when things get bad, it's like if we're going off the rails, we're going way off the rails, right? Yeah. And a lot of, you know, hotels, again, depending where you're at, um, you can offer um, can, can offer a good continental breakfast. And you can there you can, um, you know, you there you can take a little Tupperware, you know, and a lot of times I'll have just straight up oats. Like, again, this is not for this really delicious um, enjoyment of this time. Um, or like a boiled egg. Cause a lot of times if they're scrambled eggs, they have additives, you know, usually there's like flour, gluten or something added to them. So, you know, grab the boiled eggs, grab a banana, you know, grab a, a thing of just plain oats. And I mean, you could take that again and eat it at your lunch. You know, again, it's not glamorous, but you know, it's a, it's a way to kind of keep the food aspect, um, something that you, you know, feel comfortable with and you know, you're, you know, just kind of have that confidence and you know, having that confidence is something that you can, um, yeah, you, you can be pretty positive about. And, and, you know, I think kind of wrapping up the nutrition aspect, um, I think this is later down in the, in the article, but, um, there's, when I, when I was recently in Pennsylvania, I really looked seriously at, at having a, the grocery store. I think it was giant there, the chain, you know, kind of like Safeway or whatever, um, do one of the online ordering and have them deliver um, your my groceries to me because obviously I had Seamus with me and so I was like man I, I literally packed like all this food for him in my in my bags um, but that's an option too to say hey I'm gonna end it I don't think there's an extra charge you know say like Albertsons is gonna deliver my groceries and you can get some super easy simple stuff there but and I used Uber Eats every night because I didn't have a rental car and so I was like hey let's find some cool restaurants or you know places local that seem pretty clean or that i'm like familiar with and and i can get you know maybe two meals out of something and just have it delivered to you you know there's so many apps and services don't feel like you're trapped and having to you know go go somewhere um again this is you know if you're in a, a more suburban metropolitan area um and and could have one of those resources got it got it yeah there was one one component that they opened this up and says, it's true. You can't outwork a bad diet. Right. And I thought that was like, Oh, very relative, right? You can't outwork a bad diet. Well, so thanks. So just keep that in mind. We want to keep as good of a diet as we can while we're there, while we're traveling, whether it's yeah. business or personal. One thing I really liked about this article was they talked about the airport. Cause one thing we, we struggle with is this the actual travel component, right? I don't mean when you're in Germany and you're in Munich and you're, you know, doing your work meetings or you're in Israel or Ch China or wherever you're going or even, you know, someplace less exotic like Atlanta, Georgia. And right? like, it doesn't matter, right? Like that, that's one component of it. But when you're in the airport, that is a whole nother ball of wax for folks because there's layovers you're kind of confined to whatever is there. And, and obviously we just went to, uh, I just went to Dirty Kanza at the beginning of the month or beginning of June. And I can tell you that Kansas City Airport, totally different, totally different, right? Just the way it was laid out is once you're past security, there's very limited food options, right? Well, then we had magically uh, an, what was supposed to be a two-hour layover, layover became a nine-hour layover. 
Well, that's a big challenge and that's a problem, right? So things can change drastically when you're in the airport. And I think it's really important for folks to have, a, you know, talk through this. Well, what does that work through? Because again, we have people that travel international and you can travel. If you start traveling international, it's not that hard to travel for 30 hours straight. Well, you know, that's by no means 30 hours of rest. I, I don't, I, I know you know that, Joy. Well, yeah, and I think, I think it's interesting. It, this part made me LOL several times because the author's like, you know, you're going to be resting on the plane. Like, I don't see anything about an airport or airline travel as restful or like peaceful or restorative. So I don't know. No I, way. I, and, and even before I traveled with Seamus and, you know, I, I've gone on several flights here recently solo with him. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, I, I think my, my first big tip would be, um, wear comfortable shoes because as I'm sitting in these airports, I'm looking at some specifically ladies and I'm like, I, I personally couldn't wear those type of shoes to a wedding, let alone walking around in a hotel or in a, in an airport. So if, if we're looking to do some sort of activity, like I'm not going to wear my flip flops. I want to, I, I wore my sneakers because I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hoofing it through this airport as, as quickly as I can. Um, so wear really comfortable shoes and um, have something that you can add water to. So obviously you can't take the water through the security, but you have those nifty um, little water things now so you don't have to buy a bunch of bottled water, but having those two things, comfortable shoes, and you know you want to have you know comfortable pants too or something that you can move around with if you can want to do some stretching in the in the um, the airport. And now it's very common like you know I've been in I think five airports in June, which was odd for me, but um, everybody's moving like everybody's doing something weird. So why not just join them? Like you're not going to stick out like a super sore thumb because there's a bunch of weird stuff happening anyways. And so, you know, looking at the, um, you know, the, the author said, why, why roll your bags when you can carry them? Personally, I think there's, there's better ways to do it because you're going to be super lopsided. I'm not going to like firemen carry a suitcase. Um, but <laughs> so I did use cause poor baby Seamus was like, He's very overstimulated, much like both of his parents. And so I had to like desensitize him and put him in a carrier to try and get him to nap on. I had a, like three flights that I had to do in order to get home one time. And so to get him to fall asleep. So I have, you know, a 25 pound baby on the front, a backpack on the back, and I'm pushing his stroller and I'm moving quickly, like through the airport and my whoop, like Fitbit type thing notified me of an activity <laughs> it's like we've detected an activity and i'm like no kidding you know i'm i'm walking really fast with 25 pounds strapped to me um so obviously not everybody traveling through an airport can steal a baby that's weird so um i'm looking at ways to just move you know just um keep you know if there's a, a way that you can avoid elevators you know if you can one of my one um uh, you know, one option was I could have taken one of those little tiny bullet train things to go from terminals. I was like, I have a lot of time. Let me look at this map. Where am I supposed to be in order to get to my next flight with all of this stuff I have? And I made, I was like, we can walk it and we can walk quick. And I was like, man, that makes me feel better. You know, it makes me feel like I'm not just sitting around like, like a, you know, a bump on a log while I'm here at this airport. And, and for me, it was a little bit validating. So I'm like, Hey, I did some movement today. And, and that makes me feel better about my time off the bike. 
remember so many of our people and so many of our athletes are, are, they're just, they're active people. I mean, we are active people. We're an active tribe of people. We're going places. We're doing stuff. We don't like to sit still. And I know for me, and I, and I know for many of the folks that I have the opportunity to work with, it's like, you know, you start to feel like cattle in a, you know, just being shuffled along when you're at the, the airport. Cause like you're in the escalator, then you're all in the elevator, then you're all on the walking path together. And then it's, you're in line for this. And then you're in line for that. And you're just always in line. And then the TSA is just going to grope you. It's just weird. I just don't like it. But, um, what I would say is for folks to do as much as they can to stay active within reason. And like you said, joy, okay, this thing says carry your bags. Well, okay, I know the functional movement craze is all about us at the moment and everyone wants to roll a tractor tire or, you know, I don't know, firemen's carry a TSA agent or something, but like, that's, that's probably not, that's for, we primarily work with cyclists. And so for most people, that's just not wise, right? Let's just not do that. Let's think about what we've done before is when we're on a long layover and we've seen this before with a lot of our athletes where, you know, you just find a stationary place and you do some movement, whether that's some air squats or you can do, you know, you do a plank hold again. Like you can find a, a secluded place where you're not sticking out like a th- sore thumb. It's not like you're doing this on the walk path or anything like that. But, you know, you can just move around a little bit, do some high knees, things like that to just get you moving a little bit. I think things like that are so important because we're just shuffling along and then we go get in the, you know, the germ tube that is the airline and then fly around on that for a while, right? And then you get to your destination. It's like, oh man, I need to work out, right? Well, hopefully you can do a little work while you're there. And and so take the stairs when you can. We're not telling you to put your 50 pound bag carry on over your shoulder and ruck it around and, you know, do push-ups or air squats or anything like that with those things. But just get to your, get to your gate, leave your stuff there, find a secluded spot to do a little movement, right? Even if it's just a couple of yoga poses, it doesn't have to be something crazy. Just a couple of yoga poses to flow through something and just moving through all planes. Because when you just, you know, let's say, for example, you're on business travel. You gotta, you're flying from the West Coast to the East Coast. That's a six hour travel day. But if you add an hour drive to the airport plus an hour, you've got to be there early and all the stuff, you pretty soon, you got an eight or a 10 hour travel day and you haven't done anything, right? All you've been doing is sitting in the car, sitting, waiting for the gate, sitting and waiting in the plane, you're flying in the plane, sitting and waiting on the way to your business meeting or your hotel or whatever, right? You haven't done much moving. So try and get that step count up as much as you can do as much as you can to stay moving within reason. Uh, and, and without trying to, as they say, uh, <laughs> put your, instead of rolling your bags, put them on your back. I did think that was funny, Joey. So that's, that's good. What other like kind of business travel stuff do you have for, for, uh, actually in the terminal joy, anything, anything follow up there? Uh, no, I, and I guess I'm, I'm always, whenever I, I'm thinking back, you know, I'm traveling, I'm usually just, by the time we get to go like, Hey, it's time to leave for this trip. We're already tired, you know, because we're always like, you know, trying to, to jam in a big workout the day before. So it may be okay, you know, to be like, Hey, I want to get up on top of my, my training because I know I'm going to take some time off the bike. Um, so it could be okay just to sit there. 
you know, like legitimately, like if, 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 and this is where, not that I'm conservative to say like, if you need to take a nap, because before you get on the plane, that might be your best. Like if there, if it's, it's easier to kind of find some space to, to rest a little bit. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, do some sort of, like you said, mobility type movement, I think is, is, is a great way to, you know, if you're just going to sit on the floor and do some stretching and, um, that could actually be the most advantageous, you know, I'm going to walk really quickly, you know, I'm going to walk quickly between, cause I have my comfortable shoes on, do some stretching. Um, and then maybe just, maybe you need to decompress a little bit because I know it's traveling can be really stressful for all, all different levels. And so if you need to just take a breather, um, I, I think that's okay as well. That's great advice, Joy. Way to bring that balance in. I think that's really important. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to our attention because, again, if we're going to look at this properly, many of our athletes, they are working so hard, right? And then it's like, man, they know they've got a travel coming up. And so it's like, even if we schedule two-hour rides for them, for example, right, all of a sudden it's like 2.30, 2.45, 3.15. Everybody does, they're, they're, they're trying to do some extra because you know what it's going to be like to go a week without training, right? And, that, and that's no fun. Nobody wants that. They, everyone makes so many sacrifices for their fitness. It's never fun to see that or feel as if that is slipping away. And what we're really trying to communicate through this podcast today is that, that don't think of it as slip, your fitness is slipping away. Think of it as, Every program, you can't endlessly be on an uphill, right? You can't endlessly be on an upward fitness trend. At some point, we have to give our fitness back. It's the most challenging thing about being an endurance athlete is giving your fitness back and saying, I worked for all this, and I'm now the leader of the pack, and now I'm all the way back down to now just the middle, right? Well, that's no fun. Everybody likes being at the front, okay? And so really... it's not going to happen in a one week business trip though. And that's where, you know, it's already interrupt. looking at no, like, but it feels like that though, joy, right? I well, mean, how, that, many people, and that's where, how many people do you know that are saying, Hey, like, I feel like I've lost so much fitness and it's really just been a week. It's been 10 days. It's whatever an extended, you know, multi um, prong business trip. It happens. It, it feels as if it's hopeless, like you've lost it all, but we both know, obviously you haven't. So I think like break that down for us, right? Well, that's, that's where as the coach, we need to teach the athlete and guide them to understand that, um, we're, this is a planned, you know, obviously there's going to be sometimes like, Hey, emergency trip that that's going to go away and we're going to make those adjustments, but we can foreshadow like, okay, we know that you're going on this trip on these dates and we're going to have to have this plan time off. So we're going to have a three or four week build. And then we're going to have a little bit, this is, you're going to be your, like, you're going to need some time off of the bike. Like I have a lot of clients that once they, they get on that plane, they're like, whew, thank goodness. I have two days here. They're, they're going to be satiated for at least two days from the workload that they've had. And so we, it's our job to teach that, that, that it's not going to be lost, you know, that it's not going to be, we want all this really hard work to settle in. We want it to take hold. And in order for that to do so, I need you resting while you're traveling. I need you to come back, not sick. I need you to, um, be eating while you're traveling. Cause if I'm under eating while you're traveling and flying and you're going to be much more susceptible 
to catching something, a sickness while you're gone. And then we're going to come back and we're, then we're going to be two, three plus weeks in, you know, of, of eroded fitness. That's when we have an issue, but it's going to take so long to actually, you know, it, uh, a four or five day business trip. Literally, it's probably going to be the best thing that happens to them in, in terms of their fitness because they're going to come back stronger. But we have to, that's where as the coach really indoctrinating to like, Hey, this is part of the process. And, um, you know, the maybe don't look at Strava for the time you're away. So you're not watching what all your friends are doing and not feeling like you're being left behind. I think social media has really done us a huge disservice. Uh, you know, you look at Instagram, it's like, Everybody has their bike, you know, by the lake taking a photo. That means nothing about their fitness. Okay. So, you know, like, and, and if you have a client that, that's really stressed out about that stuff, you might want to suggest that. Like, hey, maybe let's take a little social media fast while you're gone. And, and you, there's no need to get on Strava and feel bad that someone else is gaining miles. That's true. You're absolutely right. And, and it's more to me the fact that. What we want folks to recognize is that it takes a while to build a house. It also takes a while to, to break down a house, right? And that's through the coaching process and the training process is that your build, your fitness is like building a house and it takes some time. And we just don't want folks to feel like, okay, in a week or in three days or whatever that they've lost it because it's usually those last 3% are always really tough to get and they're always tough to hold on to. But 3% is not crazy, right? It's not that big of a deal, right? And so you can, you can take that time, like you said, and be sensible. And that's really part of really, I think what you're trying to, to, to really get after is that part of the coaching process is, is giving people confidence and the knowledge. That's really where you get the confidence from is having the knowledge and the experience to be able to say, Hey, it's okay to take a couple of days off. I know you're going to feel like you need to work out. And if we can, we're going to do these alternate workouts, but don't feel like you have to crush yourself because what we want is we want you, your immune system to be strong. We want you to be as rested as you can on a, on a busy business trip, right? Or if you're on vacation with your family, by all means, we don't want you to be the workout Nazi and telling your family that you're like, Hey, I'm leaving because I'm going to go work out again. Right. And so now you get back from your vacation and all you did was work out and you didn't get to actually decompress, right? So what we're trying to say is at the end of it all, we want to take that long range approach, recognize that Rome wasn't built in a day, nor was it torn down in a day. So just when you come back, you're ready to rock and roll, ready to get back into the routine. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, as the the author here has some, some cool ideas, um, you know, obviously once you're kind of settled at your destination, again, whether that be um, the hotel, grandma's house, or, you know, some, some other place, um, you know, they, they really talk about checking out the location you're going to be at before you get there. You know, on the internet, we can look and see what, you know, what are the amenities at this hotel? You know, ask, ask grandma, like, you know, my grandparents live in this sweet mobile home park. Say, Hey, do you guys have like a rec center at, you know, as part of your HOA? What, what can I join there? What can I go test out or do you have a walking track? There's so many different variability or, you know, variables that you can look at and say, Hey, I can be creative here. So some of it's like really thinking outside the box, but plan ahead. So, you know, Hey, I can, if I bring some resistance bands or, you know, again, if I just have my good shoes and socks that I know I'm not going to get blisters, I can do a lot of really 
cool stuff. Um, and, and you minimal, um, minimal equipment, you can do some, some really positive things. And to be honest, I've never in the, I don't know, last big chunk of years used a hotel gym. You know, I've, I've kind of looked in them and I'm like, Oh, that kind of smells weird. Or it's right next to the pool. It just smells like chlorine. Um, or there's, it's kind of like a fishbowl. Like everyone would watch me when they're coming in, in and out of the front lobby. And so I'm like, I've always opted for, let me do something either outside around the, the hotel, or I'm going to do something, um, in the hotel room itself. You don't like being in the fishbowl. Look, you don't want to just be <laughs> on the treadmill, the treadmill and everybody's walking by thinking you're like a, a mouse on a, on a hamster wheel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Um, <laughs> that's, um, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily my jam. Um, and, and I think at the periods of time when I was in that situation, um, it just wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe if I hadn't been doing any sort of strength movements, it would have been really kind of, I could go and lift the weights, but it was so out of the norm. I probably, I was, I was afraid I'd be much too sore. And so I would, usually opt for some a yoga base something that was less impactful or less divergent from what I had been doing currently so in that in that time frame I had been going to yoga regularly and so you know going and doing a 30 minute YouTube yoga was very within much within my wheelhouse and was sounded it was low impact and so it was something that I knew after the at the end of a really busy day it wasn't going to overtax me and so that's something, you know, with my athletes say, Hey, here's, here's some video options or here's some great like core routine. Like if we can keep our core strong while we're traveling, um, you know, the, 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 um, article talks about, you know, doing body weight stuff, body, everyone, everyone's got body weight, right? When we need to be able to move whatever my personal mass is, you know, looking at stuff like air squats, lunges, um, split squats, pistols, like they're one legged, um, and then, you know, push-ups, planks, pull-ups. This one, it says, use your fingertips to grip on the door jam. Both Brian and I looked at each other. We we're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> so, so some of them are, you know, and you also want to do stuff that you're proficient at and you can execute safely. So that's always kind of the um, big asterisk I give my athletes. It's like, hey, we, I want to make sure, can we do this? How's your mobility? What's your range of motion? Are you able to like view this and then execute it without injuring yourself. But I mean, you could do burpees, you can do leaps, jumping jacks. And I also laughed at Brian. I was like, Hey, if I come back at 10 o'clock at night from one of my conferences and I'm doing jumping jacks in my room, you know, I might, I might start, I might get a call from the front desk to, to calm down. You'll, you'll definitely get a call for that. But <laughs> what, what I think is really interesting about this and, and the context that we need to share with our athletes is this. If you're primary, primarily a cyclist and you're only cycling for the majority of your training, okay, it's really important that we don't go crazy off the rails and say, okay, well, guess what? I'm on vacation. I can't bring my bike now, so I'm going to start running. Bad idea fairy right there. Bad idea fairy. Okay. Don't do that right now. If you're a tri, if you have a triathlete background or maybe even a running background or something like that, and now primarily you're doing cycling training and you want to go back and do some light runs, that's not off the table. 
it still might not be my first choice, but it's just not off the table. Right. And what, what, what you alluded to earlier, Joy, and you even said it, which I really appreciated was we want people to do things that are congruent, that help them and fill their cup. Okay. So we want to get in a workout. We want to burn some calories. We want to get that endorphin, that endorphin rush. And if we can, we want to improve our body in some meaningful way, whether that's stretching, whether that's possibly some body weight strength training, right? Or resistance training or do some, uh, any sort of things like that that are going to help us that we can take home with us afterwards. Okay. And the problem is if you're primarily a cyclist and then you just say, Hey, I, I have to get a workout in. I didn't bring any equipment with me. This hotel gym is terrible. I have no cell phone service, so I can't jump on YouTube and do this, this, um, you know, hit routine that, that coach Brian or coach Joy said to grab, right. You're not doing any of that. Well, I'm just going to go for a run, right? Like the, the, the ramifications that come from that can be very severe. So, so what you come back with is a whole lot of soreness, tired, you know, hurt, hurt joints or sore joints, or, you know, maybe you aggravate a past injury or something like that. So all we're trying to say is, we're not trying to say running is not an option or shouldn't be the first option. It's just in a lot of the, the literature that's online, it's like, hey, just bring your shoes and go for a run. Just tap it out. No big deal, right? And, and what, what we're trying to say as coaches is, let's make some sensible decisions, right? Because going on your first run in, say, three months is probably not this, the first thing you should be doing on a business trip. You just work 12 no. hour day, you know, you traveled for 10 hours, you worked a 12 hour day, you maybe took a red eye and now you're like, Hey, you know what? I want to pile on this crap party and with a whole bunch of running. Like that's just a bad idea all the way through. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you're, if you're looking at your day, you know, if you need to be a lot of these conferences, I've recently been at, I need to be ready to rock at seven 30 in the morning. And those of you who know me, not much is going to happen especially meaningful things before seven 30 in the morning. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, Hey, let's set myself up for success. Like I need to be the hierarchy of needs. All of a sudden things get shuffled down from the, the fitness standpoint, you know, and one thing we have looked at for our athletes, is like, Hey, you know, if you have mountain bike shoes or SPD pedal, you know, compatible shoes, pack those, pack your heart rate monitor strap and pack your Garmin. Um, and again, since we did some recon through the internet, we looked at like, Hey, they've actually gotten good bikes, spin bikes at the, the gym at the hotel. So I'm going to go do a 45 minute, or even 30 to 45 minute spin workout or bike workout because you have the, you know, or, you know, throw in a pair of bib shorts. You can wash them in the hotel, right? In the sink, you know, we have the chamois butter, like, you know, kit wash stuff. You, and we wash our stuff in the sink, but that way I can go ride the bike. Um, and you know, in a more metropolitan area, there might be a spin studio as well. And now those, you know, tend to be pretty aggressive and you could have like crazy, crazy, uh, burn in that hour, but you're doing movements you're accustomed to. You're not going to orange theory where all of a sudden you have to move laterally, right. And move explosively. So again, doing that recon of, Hey, what is available? Um, and, and then, you know, obviously we focus on flight travel, but, you know, we traveled to Arizona for a conference and we took our bikes and a trainer and Brian put the trainer. We, we actually lucked out big time and had this tiny porch, um, that we put the trainer <laughs> on. And, and so, 
<laughs> so Brian, we use, this is, this is awful. We use to balance the trainer because the porch was a little like listing to the left, right? To balance the trainer. So it was even, we put two of Seamus's little storybooks underneath the trainer to make it level. And, um, so Brian rode the trainer there a ton, um, during this conference. And so, you know, obviously if you're getting to a conference by car or I've taken the train, um, here down to Oceanside from San Bernardino to Oceanside and I can take my bike. It cost me $12 to, for myself and my bicycle to go to Oceanside. And now I have my tools so I can get out and go for a quick ride. And so we're obviously we look very much like, Hey, you're doing like say international travel, um, or looking at, you know, I'm going, you know, to the other coast for travel, but we understand that a lot of times, you know, I, I have clients that they're going to travel up to Visalia or to Bakersfield once a week. And sometimes they have a bike, you know, we have, we also have clients that have a bike at their alternate location. So they're going to a destination to work that they go frequently and they have something to ride there. Or, um, in my clients that go up to Bakersfield, they have a bicycle in their car. And so there's a lot of, you know, we can get pretty creative when now you're taking away the, the flight aspect of it and, or, and looking at ways to sub one hour, get a really valuable workout. I can't believe you brought up that Arizona trip. I just had terrible, it was, it was terrible really flashbacks. Like, it was, <laughs> I had one, I, I, we did not get, nobody called, but he legit was riding the trainer at like 1030 at night on a balcony. And, um, I could hear it sort of inside, but it was kind of cathartic. Cause it was like, you know, it's like a, um, it's a smart trainer. And so it wasn't as loud as like one of our old school trainers. Yeah. I, I, I remember being on that balcony. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I was listening to, uh, can't hurt me by David Goggins for like the second time. And I was all fired up. I was like, so into, into the book. And this, I was, we were right by the, the, we were on like second floor and we were right by the spa and like this, like, you know, young couple was like going into the, the spa to do whatever kind of things young couples do <laughs> in, in the spa at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night or whatever day it was, you know? And I just remember being like, dude, I'm so weird. Like, what is like, <laughs> like I have no friends. I'm riding, I'm like two and a half hours into a trainer ride at 1030 at night. Uh, yeah, that's not smart. And the people were like looking at me like, is this guy like is he creeping on us or is he just like, just out to lunch? What's going on? I was like, man, I don't want to hear this, but anyway, it was just, yeah. So don't do those things. That's not smart. I learned from that experience that maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do. It was cool to get a workout in and it it made me feel good to check the box. But at the end of the day, I wasn't, you know, I could, I could have made better choices there, but thanks for that trip down memory lane. (laughs) But I think you brought up a good point. So when we're speaking with our athletes, like a lot of these things you said, it made me feel good in the moment to check that box. But was it really advantageous? Like what fitness was gained and like, okay, pros and cons or cause and effect. If you make this choice to go ride the trainer, like, you know, it didn't keep the baby up, but you know, say like, what if something like that did? And, but looking and say like, 
you now your loss of sleep. Now you're going to bed at 11 o'clock and you just did a workout. And so, you know, your, your body is overstimulated and so you're not going to sleep well. And so now as the coach, we have this great opportunity to be like, Hey, we've done a lot of weird things in the, in the name of fitness and maintaining our, our race fitness. And maybe it wasn't the best idea. And so we can talk to the athlete and say, Hey, okay. If you, you say you want, you say you can ride your trainer for two hours on this Tuesday at your conference. Uh, what time of day would you be doing that? Oh, you're starting at eight 30 at night. How about let's go for 45 minutes and we can make it something like really snappy and potent and you're done with it. And you're not going to like, you're just giving yourself saddle sores, like riding endurance pace on a trainer, you know? Um, so having those conversations and helping again, alleviate that stress for the athlete. Like we don't just, the validity of the workout doesn't simply come from checking the box. Like we have to have, what's the science behind it? What, what change, what adaptation are we looking for, for the athlete with said workout? And then I think it starts to make a lot more sense. Like, Hey, actually I want you to rest today because you did, you know, this big block last week. Absolutely. Joy. That that's, that's lovely. And, and it's great to, it's great to communicate to our athletes. Like, Hey, we've done a lot of this wacky stuff. Okay. And the things that we're sharing with people are not because this is like, do as I say, not as I do. It's because we've done a lot of these wacky things. And some of these wacky things are worth doing again, by the way, but some of these (laughs) wacky things, some of these wacky things, not worth doing, i.e. riding your trainer for three hours at night. Even if you have, even if it seems like that's the only time you can work out, right? Like that's really where I, my headspace was, was I thought, okay, you know, look, I'm a pro cyclist. We're here at this conference. This is, this is what we've got to do. And this is my normal training ride would be four and a half hours. So I'll just settle on three on the trainer and that's what we'll do. And then I'll double end it and I'll be able to listen to an audio book and great. Right. But it wasn't really beneficial. It would have been much better to just take the week chill, come back and be healthy. So I didn't even pay attention to my own general rule because I was worried to cut back so much. So for example, like you're saying for so many people, right? Like their normal routine is an hour and a half at home or two hours on a weekday. Some people more, right? Like don't be shy to just do 45 minutes. Don't be shy to do 30 minutes and then finish it with 15 minutes of, of uh, core work or 15 minutes of, of yoga and stretch stretching. Don't be afraid of that 45 minute workout. It's okay. And then also don't think that that 45 minute workout then goes, okay, well, if it's short, it's got to be brutal hard. So you have to be throwing up afterwards. That's not necessarily the same thing. That's not what we're trying for here. What we're trying to do is let's go back to the beginning of our conversation. We want folks to come home, get back into their normal environment, get back into their regular routine to be healthy, to be well nourished and to be able to get the benefit from training right away. What does that mean? That means all the things I just said, you have to be rested as rested as you can be when you're working 12 hour days. Again, you said this really well, Joy. We have some athletes that have some really demanding jobs, right? And they're, they're taking red eyes and maybe multiple red eyes and working all day because they're traveling across the country or whatever it is. They're busy, right? So the last thing on their mind is doing a two hour workout, but maybe, maybe 30 minutes of focused yoga could center the mind and help you sleep better, right? 
that can really work. And that can be very, very beneficial when you're throwing your circadian rhythm all the way off. That 30 minutes would be far more potent and powerful than anything else that could be done, right? Because right. we get to the bike when we get back. Well, yeah. And looking at like, I'm looking right now at the the article and there's a photo of like a hotel room and it, I swear it's like a Cal King. And, and I'm thinking like, I have some clients that, you know, as they're very, um, a busy and full home lives, you know, so large families are responsibilities. And to them, this is like a dream, like really, I'm going to be in a hotel room 100% by myself where I can sleep like a starfish. And no, like I don't, I don't have to, um, put my attention anywhere else. And so they would, I'm just like, dude, go to bed early. Like you're traveling. I want you to stretch for 15 minutes and then lie down. Like just you, let's see if we can get as much sleep as possible. Now flip that coin. I have another client who, when they travel, get four hours or less of sleep a night. And so you come back and their heart rate's always elevated. Um, they're prone to, you know, sickness. And so we have to be very gentle around, um, post travel time because they're so drained and maxed out. And so again, looking at that communication and really getting to know the individual athlete, because no two scenarios are the same. And frankly, no two business trips are the same. Um, and so I, I think it's so important that for us to foster those relationships and really understand like, okay, so on this trip, what is expected of you? Okay. So you're, this is actually, you know, sometimes it's going to be, Hey, I'm going to have five hour work days. And then I have free time. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Now let's find, you know, where you are in your training cycle, what works best to fill that time. Um, so that, that's something I think with us here at Big Will Coaching, we really enjoy doing and helping make those, those times away from the bike or the time away from the norm as fulfilling and validating as possible for the athlete. I love that. I love that, Joy. What, what do you think in summary, anything here, um, anything you feel like we missed out on? I mean, obviously we talked about the need for body weight. Uh, exercises or the, the, the usage of that rather than just going and throwing around weights. We kind of talked about the hydration and nutrition component of it. We talked about being active while on travel. Um, and I apologize everyone, uh, who's hearing one thing we're having a little fireworks action over here in Yukaiba. The locals in the cul de sac are getting crazy with the fireworks. I think it's 1776 over here. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a grand finale. It's, uh, is this the grand finale? I sure hope so. <laughs> like, the dog. And by sure the way, so. uh, she's she's yeah. trembling. Poor poor girl. Yeah, she's um, and it's um. By the way, fireworks aren't legal here, so I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we're in California. I'm, I'm no, sure we're in California. In Bern- we're in a- no, no. In San Bernardino County, they're 100 percent legal. I'm just not sure. <laughs> I'm I'm just about sure of that. If not, we're going to hear some sirens in a minute. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But um, no. So in summary, we need to refocus here because we just got off track. Sorry. Um, Yeah. So this. (laughs) (laughs) You said you wanted to refocus, Joy. So so go for it. Refocus. Oh, I apologize. No, the main thing is... um, looking at ways to quickly ensure that you're, um, you know, making sure you're, I think, sorry, looking at a trip. I think the, 
the cornerstone is the nutritional aspect because that's going to help with kind of your sensations and how you feel. Because if I ate that fettuccine Alfredo, I'm going to feel horrible, right? Even just sitting there, right? But if I'm that, that's, I think the, the largest thing you can kind of control or you can, you can be mindful about because you may not have the time to do the big extended workouts or something really, um, that that's going to move the needle on your fitness. But what we, you can focus on are, are the quality nutrients in and staying hydrated and getting as much sleep as possible. You know, like really take taking care of your sleep hygiene. Like if I'm in a hotel room, if I turn on the TV, like four hours later, I'm like, oops, my bad. <laughs> so like I never even turn on the TV in the hotel anymore. Even if I'm, you know, there by myself and I'm like, man, this is like a party. I can do whatever I want. And I'm like, whatever you want should be sleeping. And so just embrace that and, and do that. But, you know, I think the workout aspect is finding something um, mobility wise or body weight wise that the, is only going to enhance the athletes um, like where they are for fitness and not be like a setback. Got it. I love that. I love that. And the only thing I would add to that is just when we're talking about body weight movements and we're talking about other types of cross training while you're traveling uh, just, just, Use common sense when it comes to impact style workouts. Okay. If you're primarily a cyclist and you therefore are doing a non-impact sport and now all of a sudden you're going to come back and start doing an impact sport. So for example, ah, I only brought my shoes. I'm going to start doing some running or, Hey, this is a great week. I think I'm going to do some plyo. That sounds awesome, right? That's what happens. And a lot of folks think that. And then the damage, more damage is done than good is generated. So let's just be sensible about that and say, okay, right? Like you want to do resist some resistance training or strength training while you're, while you're gone. Let's make that body weight, right? Let's make it non-impact body weight because the soreness you're going to generate from that is something that your body can work through and your body is adept at handling as opposed to you're primarily a cyclist. You go on a trip, then you go out for a 30 minute run because you're used to riding for two hours and you think, well, 30 minutes is nothing. Right. Well, actually, that's very, very damaging on the body and very, very challenging. Those eccentric muscle contractions are just like you might as well just be hitting yourself with a hammer. OK, so really, yeah. at the end of the day, we just want folks to, to be mindful that that it doesn't have to hurt to be effective. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think if someone is going to be, you know, if you're traveling once a month for work, like we have, we have athletes that, that have that that plan, then let's get you on a body weight mobility um, training in your regular schedule, you know? And so it's something that they're already adept at, you know? And so if someone's like, Hey, I'm going to be traveling a lot. And so then we, we work that into their at home training regimen as well. So then you can get there and you can, then you can actually move the needle on, on some movements. If, if your body's more accustomed to things. I love that joy. Great point. Great point. Well said. Yeah, that's solid. Definitely want folks to, and again, that's back to the coaching, right? That's back to the coaching relationship and being able to say, Hey, you know what? You're going on this, this, you know, you're traveling to Bakersfield once a month. That's going to require this. These are the tools you have access to. So let's build that in so that you can make the most of those times. So love that. Thank you for bringing that, um, bringing that up. That's great. Joy. Any other closing thoughts? I think we covered, uh, some good stuff here. So no. Okay. And I know you're craving some Neapolitan cake pops. 
or by Neapolitan, I mean one chocolate, one vanilla, and one pink one, whatever flavor pink is. Um, do we have those here? No, but I'm sure you want to because go get if some. we do, and they've been hiding here, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> okay, I, I I can assure you, dear, I'm not hiding the sweets from you. I would never do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So closing gratuity, Joy. You want to lead this one, or you want me to do it? I think you should start. Okay. I'm thankful for fireworks because I just think blowing up stuff is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, but in all seriousness, um, we just had a really, we got, we got the opportunity to go to some friend's house, um, for the 4th of July today. And over the years that we've been racing at the professional and elite level, we have not done those things. We skipped out on a lot of those things. You know, I missed my, one of my dear, dear friends, I missed his wedding because I was at a race. And, you know, they're just always stuff that we've missed over the years. And it was just, I just happen to be home now instead of at the races. And uh, I'm just very thankful that we got to do that and experience that and that we have some lovely, lovely people that, that thought enough of us to invite us because we've not usually been in that routine. So I really, uh, really enjoyed that fellowship that we got today. So that's that's something I'm thankful for. What about you? No, I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a good change of pace for us. And I'm thankful we, uh, we, we put baby Seamus in a pool, what is it, like fourth time? He just turned one. And so I guess that's my big thankful is that we've all made it one year, uh, running, uh, running big wheel coaching while raising a young lad. And we've all, and the dog is still here. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a pretty crazy, pretty wild, uh, last 12 months, but it's been, it's been really, really awesome. And so I think that's my biggest, uh, thankful thing. And, and then secondly, it was that Seamus is a tiny little fish. He loves the water. And so we were able to throw him in a swimming pool. I think he was probably in there for like two hours <laughs> today. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. So that's something to be thankful for. Love it. I love it. So to everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are really enjoying these podcasts. We love bringing them to you. As you can tell from listening, we just love talking about coaching and, and performance. We love helping people. That's just what we, the reason why we're in this business is because we love that, right? We're really dedicated to that. And we're very thankful for the opportunity of the athletes that give us a chance to, to help impact and positively influence their training. So if there's anything we can do for you, if you're listening, please don't hesitate to reach out. Know that we're here and uh, we're, we're happy to talk. It's, it's not high pressure sales. This is just, we want to help people. So um, very, very thankful for those folks that are listening and know that if you've listened this long and you've listened to probably all the episodes, we know you're getting after it. And we know that what you're trying to do is make the most of your days, Right. And all we're, we want for you is that you keep making the most of your days because this is an amazing cycling and endurance training is an amazing adventure and it has so much richness to add to your life. And we're excited to be a part of it in any way that we can. And good luck, tear it up, have fun. And until next time, be safe and we will, uh, yeah, be safe and train hard and we will catch you on the next Big Wheel Coaching episode. Right, Joy? That's right. All right. Take care and happy fourth, everybody.